I V M I V M Hey everyone this is your daily dose of everything that's happening in the world of NBA I am Monish and joining me as he does always is Nishant and you're listening to The Airball Diaries The Phoenix Suns extended their lead over the Dallas Mavericks in game 2 of their second round series and the Miami Heat did the same against the Philadelphia 76ers. In the other pair of games, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Boston Celtics both came back from their first game defeat and beat the Warriors and the Milwaukee Bucks. So lots to talk about, let's get started. Whether you're an established sports person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast, join us Tanvi and Shlok. We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy, mindset and everything sport. So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday only on the IVM Podcast Network. Trust us, it's going to be lit. We start off with the Suns in the Mavs which was the second game yesterday. The Suns uh, winning 129-109. The score might show 20 point difference, but this was a fourth quarter takeover, wasn't it? Uh Chris yeah. Paul going bonkers in the fourth quarter and this is the third time he's done it this season against seconds in two games and now against the Mavs and then Devin Booker hit a uh, hit three threes in fact uh, to just close out the game it was 93 and 90 at the start of the fourth quarter and then the Suns just went, just went berserk to show how good the Suns uh, are in clutch moments after leading in the third quarter at the end of third quarter whenever they led the season they are 52 and 0 they not dropped a single game when it has been when they led after the third quarter compared that to someone like say the Minnesota Timberwolves they drop three games in one series so four games in one series so uh, yeah. the suns are showing why they are a championship pedigree team and they are really sticking by it. they really seem like a team on a mission after the loss last season in the finals chris yeah. paul uh, incredible 14 points in the fourth quarter again is the series over i mean they look too strong for the mavs i expected it a little bit more fight but it seems like luka is the only player who's playing on the mavs Yeah I mean I mean we all wouldn't see this coming of um, course but this this bad yeah but yeah but there is no so the suns are this strong mm-hmm. uh, this we knew because you get at in any given game there is five to eight players who will get double digits or close yeah and and two of them will get somewhere around 25 30 points a game there's yeah. really no no matching them um the the mavs for a while they defended well in the regular season but that was largely jason kids the discipline that he instilled in the team but but defending against a team like this is is a is a bridge too far for them right now they're not they're not able to i know he didn't go for a lot of points in in game 2 but they're not able to handle aiton forget yeah yeah uh, yeah yep, yep. forget the guards and and yep. aiton's not all that much <laughs> he's good but he's not he's not that he's not embiid or anything and they're not yeah. able to handle him so um, they don't have a defense uh, they have very few people supporting uh you know look on offense it, it, the thing is before the series started there was a lot of noise from the suns camp i mean the fans that bridges will shut down luka and that that is laughable i said this before the series started we all we all knew luka is way too good for this um but what they have been able to do fairly effectively is absolutely shut out jalen brunson like he looks like a yep. g league rookie yep. right now um yep. against the suns defense and that's it they, they, that gets the job done apparently because nobody else is able to step up reggie bullock once in a while will give you a hot night from from beyond the the perimeter but that even jay crowder will give you so they've got everything uh, they need sons to match um to match the mass and there's there's really no offensive production i don't know what to say dinwiddie is 
Uh, he's getting a few minutes, but but they're, they're effectively closing him down. Branson's yep. a non-issue. Well, it's just Luca, really. And Luca is the best player in this series so far. Yep. Yep. Chris Paul, for all his heroics, is still not the best point guard on the floor. Forget the best player. And how many times do you say that about Chris Paul in his career? It's very, right. very rare that he goes up against this 6'8 behemoth point guard. Um, broad shoulders, wide arms, strong elbows. It's it's tough. And 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 that, that's it. I think this series is one where we just marvel at Luca's brilliance and recognize maybe that on skill, he's probably the second best player in the game behind uh, the Greek freak right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever Dallas exploited in round one, right? What, what were their... Uh strong points against the Utah Jazz. They exploited Donovan Mitchell's defense yeah. and Rudy Gobert's offense. I mean, those those both are amazing on the other end of the floor. Like, Mitchell is amazing on offense and Gobert is amazing on defense. But at the end of the floor, Mitchell was hardly defending. He does not take enough pride in his defense, I would say. And Gobert is, well, he just needs to be under the basket to score. He doesn't have a jump shot. And that has been well covered by the Suns. Like, Booker is one of the fiercest guard defenders you'll get. Yeah, Like, he shut down Brunson and Dinwiddie whenever he's on the floor. On the other end of the floor, Aiton, he has a jump shot. I mean, he won't shoot the three, but he has a decent, fair enough jump shot. He's comfortable be, uh, outside of the paint as well. Yep. And that is kind of hurting the Mavs. It's turned out to be a bad matchup because there's no center, real center in Mavs. Dwight Powell doesn't have that size to match up with Aiton. Porzingis. <laughs> they have Boban if they want to play him. But you play him in a playoff game, it's over right from the start. There the one, is one, yeah, on, there's one controversial opinion I think I have. And I don't mean this in a bad sense of way. I mean it more of a compliment. Does Luca's game remind you a lot of James Harden from the 2016-2017 style where it's a lot of dribble for like 10, 12, 13 seconds and then take a step back three or then or find an open man. It reminds me a lot of him and I don't mean it in a bad way. James Harden was an amazing player then. Yeah, yeah. But no, it no. didn't really work out in the playoffs. I know recency bias won't help my argument but I think Luca's a much better <laughs> closer than, than James Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, can't blame him for not closing against the Suns. It's there's too much for for the mass. But he's a better closer. He also offers you a ton more uh, in terms of rebounding. And as bad yeah. as he is on defense, he's still better than James Harden. So I think mm-hmm. similarities um, in the scoring part of the game. Um, but then again, Harden is a way more inventive um, offensive operator on the perimeter. Luca is a little more creative in, inside when he gets. It's 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 something very weird about Luca. Harden could take it to the rim. Luca rarely ever does that, mm. um, dunking yeah. the ball. But it's it's almost like he languishes his way to the basket. And mm-hmm. you can't stop yep. him. He just goes at his own sweet pace. It, it never looks like he's yep. hustling. It's the same sense you get with Jokic also. They're yep. so skilled with the ball and their vision and their understanding of angles and uh, and alleys that they just get to the rim and there's nothing you can do. It just looks like you're watching in slow motion and they do that. Yep. So I get the similarities, but I think um, Luca's a different a different kind of player, a better closer um, and perhaps a more willful passer than Harden. Harden can pass, mm-hmm. but he doesn't often become a pass first player. Only that one season right. in Brooklyn. And of course, that's what the team needed, but but Luca um, is more of, he's more like LeBron in that mm-hmm. sense. If there's a good pass to be made, he'll make it. He won't force a shot unless he, he really doesn't have a choice. And that can count against him. We saw that game, um, was it game one where he yep. threw a Hail Mary to Dinwiddie and you know he had like 0.2 seconds to get a shot off. Uh, yep. That sometimes tends to count. Against the Jazz, yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. So that sometimes tends to count against against Luka. Uh, in, in moments, he assumes that responsibility and maybe doesn't make the right pass, but that's experience. That's LeBron... Yep. Learned that pretty quick. Luca is still getting to grips with it. Maybe it's new teammates. He doesn't trust them as much. 
Uh, LeBron would have made that pass much earlier because he knows there's a double team. He's trapped. There's no way he's getting a shot off. Um, okay. But but otherwise, he's more LeBron in that sense than than James Harden for me. Yeah, talking about James Harden, wouldn't the Sixers love to have a 2016-2017 James Harden right now? Because right now he sucks. Another game where he was supposed to take charge and where you see Maxi Cohen score 34 points, Tobias Harris score 21, and James Harden stuck on 20 odd. Uh, here's an interesting stat: this season in a Sixers jersey, he's not taken 20 shots in a single game. This is James Harden you're talking about. If required, he'll take 40 shots if needed. He's taking 15 shots, 14 shots, and you're seeing Maxi go and score 34 points. Uh, we spoke about this like, maybe a couple of months ago. If What if he's no longer the James Harden? And I think we have an answer here. He probably is not. I'm ready to uh, write his eulogy saying that, okay, he's yep. a passer now. He's not a scorer. And it, it it's sad to see his sudden decline. I mean, you... Players of that caliber, I like to see them decline slowly, slowly, slowly as they age. Yeah, but this yeah. has been a sharp decline for James Harden, isn't it? Him and Westbrook, both. Yeah. Uh, guards yeah. of that caliber, um, at least Westbrook can never be accused of not taking his fitness and his athleticism seriously. Whatever his flaws, he's always always been A+, plus in terms of readiness yeah. for any game. Now, whether he performs or not, that's form, that's age, that's whatever. Um, but But he's always brought his best. Um, to the table. You can't really say that about James Harden. Um, yeah. He pissed away probably a, a good chunk of his uh, twilight years maybe in nightclubs and strip clubs and that dude's birthday party where a tweet was um, posted <laughs> and probably lost a lot of traction there. Uh, he doesn't quite seem to be taking care of himself the way he used to and that's really affecting his game and maybe this eulogy started from the moment he left Houston or maybe even that last season in Houston where in a lot of class games, Westbrook was the best player on yep. the court, not James Harden, yep. right? And then he goes to Brooklyn. Maybe his flaws were were covered up. The, the cracks were sort of emceed off by the fact that there was Kyrie and, and KD on the court and he had players to pass to. And so he became this pass machine. He wasn't getting as many points as before. But yep. you assumed yep. it's because he's sharing the ball a whole lot more. And yep. He's becoming a team player, which he did. But maybe that was where the decline started. And now it's on full display, which probably Brooklyn uh, now look incredibly smart for making this move. Getting yeah. Ben Simmons, getting anything for this version of James Harden is an achievement. They got Ben Simmons, they got a, a, a little bit more, to be honest. James Harden, without Embiid on this team, is the third best player on this team. Right, right. Behind Maxi and Tobias Harris. And with Embiid, he's, he's fourth. He's barely a starter yep. at this point. Um, yep. <laughs> if, uh, save for their lack of depth. I'd probably experiment with Seth Curry if he continues to play like this. Had we no, had I, I still Seth say Curry his playmaking around. is top-notch. I don't complain about his playmaking. His passing is top-notch. You don't, scoring. You, you don't get him for James. scoring. Hey, exactly. Exactly. You don't get him for his playmaking. You get him and for he's scoring. due for a big contract this summer, which I don't know if like he deserves it right now. A few months ago, you would have said, what option do you have? It's James Harden. Why won't you pay him 200 million or 250 million or whatever, right? And it's, it's kind of scary for the Sixers to be in this position right now. This is lowest points per game since his OKC days, which is not surprising, but also yeah. lowest three-point percentage since his uh, first season. Lowest field goal percentage since his rookie season. Lowest three attempts since 2014-15. This is clearly a decline. No, it is. And this is probably it. I don't think we're going to see that that James Harden come back. Can he evolve to be better? Um, kind of fit into his new role? Like Chris Paul made that transition some time mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Incredibly, he's back to being his old self. Yeah. <laughs> this is a whole yo-yo that he's done. But in between, he made that transition where he's older now. Not going to be the lead scorer. Uh, he was when he needed to be in previous stints, yeah. though he preferred to be a playmaker. Now, now he's back, but he made that transition and those those years in between in Houston and stuff, 
he he really absorbed and grew into his his new role and his new in his age that is probably the best case scenario for james harden because i i think he's done um, i do he should have taken that 50 million from houston for two years and then mm-hmm. see where it goes because on that team at least you would have a chance of a of a renewal yeah. um yeah i think it, it's sad to see but but i think this is it <laughs> this is bye bye harden <laughs> Hello 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 it's been another great week on the IVM podcast network on this round is on me gori meets yash kotak co-founder and chief marketing officer of bohiko they discuss the future of the hemp industry on think fast varun and suchita analyze cashify's business model and future plans on the longest constitution priya explores the excesses of parliamentary privileges and the unsavory consequences they can have On all things policy, the Takshashila folk outline a background of India's position in the advanced computing age. And on Tede Mede Raste, Keshav explores the age-old gates of Delhi, Kashmiri, Lahori, Turkman and Khuni. Do follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. And remember, if you're enjoying this show or any of our other shows for that matter, do tell a friend. It really helps us out a lot. Also don't forget to rate us on any platforms you're listening on and you can also check us out on YouTube. We are also doing a small listener survey to better understand how you respond to our shows and advertising on the network. We would really appreciate it if you could spare a few minutes to fill it. It helps us build better shows for you. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week, SBI Life Insurance, India Water Portal and Jupiter, a digital banking app. the heat are unsurprisingly tonal up uh, we saw this coming without embiid the sixers stood no chance and they were totally outplayed but are you surprised with the kind of uh, tactics that dr rivers has gone in he's still playing deandre jordan who's horrible on the field i mean i know that uh, they both have a history with uh, being on the clippers great moments together but that is like 5 6 years back deandre jordan is a liability he's not even like he's not even like neutral when he's on the floor he's a liability right now I know that the Sixers have no backup, but yeah. they could have experimented. Play center, play Tobias Harris at the center, play small ball, uh, do something. I mean, this is like you put DeAndre Jordan against Bam Adebayo, and like it's over. The series is over there. Two nil down. It's kind of like he's playing right now to not lose badly, then try something and lose. And uh, how yeah, do you, see this? you think Sixers, Sixers pulling even one game back? Embiid's uh, status is not yet known, by the way, for Game Three. He might be back, and that will make it a little more interesting. Yeah, but if he's not back, do you see the Sixers pulling even one at home? No, no, it's a sweep. If he's not back, it's a sweep. They've got no shot. And Doc Rivers, so far his career looks incredibly suspect. Mm-hmm. Whenever he doesn't have uh, the absolute best odds in his favor, deck in his hand, stacked in his favor. Um, with the Clippers, DeAndre Jordan, you're saying he had a relationship. They had a great regular season run. Yeah. Yep, both season they flamed out. All these guys flamed out. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. They had the Clippers always seem to have six man of the year. There was a period where every year it was one yep. of their guys. Yeah, um, and and they flamed out. And uh, the same happened way earlier. Doc Rivers as is well documented blew two three one leads. One of them with DeAndre Jordan and Chris Paul yep. and the guys. Um, and he doesn't look very good here either. You don't see aggression. You don't see. Like imagine like a Utah coach in this situation, or Mike Malone, or or Nick right. Nurse, any of these guys. Right. They'd throw the kitchen sink at this game. They'd put up yeah fifty more shots than they should. They'll yep. do whatever it takes. Experiment with the lineup. Like like Ty Ty will. I understand he's there for defense. Twenty one yep. minutes played, not a shot taken. Right. So right. then your offense is so entirely ludicrously 
predictable, right? So you look at you look at their lineup, right? Of people who played significant minutes. Kogma has shot um, uh, eight times because he's mm-hmm. your three shooter. So of course he's yeah. going to shoot. Yeah. Uh, Thaibul was on for twenty plus minutes. Didn't take a shot. Ironically, Ben Simmons passed to Thaibul, didn't he? <laughs> Exactly. Gave up that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine that. What a what a combo. What a one-two punch where neither of them is throwing the punch. <laughs> it's a one-two punch pulled. It's one of those things. Um, I don't know. It's atrocious. I don't get their plan. Um, they're flaming out. It's it's embarrassing to watch. Maxi is getting twenty-two shots. Of course, he's going to put up points if he gets twenty-two shots. Question is, why is he getting twenty-two shots? It's because James Harden is not that guy anymore, and he seems to be willfully letting it go. He's just like Doc Rivers. He's just let it go. Yeah. yeah. Like he's not the. For for his, to his credit, Westbrook, however bad his run is, he was pump up. Yeah. The, yeah, he'll pump up yeah. that short volume. No matter what, he's not letting that ball go. And, and yep. somewhere you need that edge. Um, we talk about Formula One drivers all the time. You can't be a nice guy and win in Formula One. Somewhere you have to have that bit of asshole in you. I'm going to chip his tire. I'll I'll right. crash into him, but I'm not going to let him overtake me. I, I don't know. Harden never ever showed that. The the moment he gets challenged, he sulks. And then he yeah. wants out. Happened in Houston. Either he wants yeah. somebody out or he wants out. In Houston, he got everyone shipped out. Dwight Howard came in at his request, shipped him out. Chris Paul came in, his request, shipped him out. Westbrook came in, his request, shipped him out. And he's like, okay, that's three strikes. I'm out. Goes to Brooklyn, yeah. going get stuff. I'm out. Goes to Philadelphia. He can't leave now. Um, but he sure <laughs> as fuck can just say, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not even going to try this series. Oh, I can't wait to get back to the strip clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... How unlucky for Embiid though. He started off his career first three seasons flooded with injuries. Uh, then he had that Kawhi, like you say, 700 time bounce ball into the net <laughs> in that close game, in game seven. And then that whole Ben Simmons saga when things were going fine with him. This season, he came out as an MVP contender, played really great. And then he gets injured. And this time injury is not even his fault. He got punched in his face. And then before that, he broke his uh, some thumb injury that he had. Not even his fault. And then he sits out for two big games against Miami Heat and probably even the series. Who knows? It's it's unfortunate, but hopefully he'll have a better... Uh, he has better years to come. I wouldn't say one year. Yeah, I mean, he's still he's still quite young. Um, <clears throat> some of these guys in these draft classes, they get the raw end of the stick because it's tough being benchmarked against Giannis. It's, it's yeah. ludicrously tough to forget yeah. the accomplishments, forget the play style. Just the dedication and the fitness and maybe some of that is DNA, but but a lot of that yeah. is work put in and yeah. staying fit all the time. You catch Giannis one month into the off-season, you bring him to a court, he looks like he's ready to go at any point. Yeah. Can't say yeah. the same about Embiid, can't say, absolutely can't say the same about Anthony Davis. Uh, to be honest, can't say the same about uh, Luka or even Jokic for that yeah. matter. This season was a little yeah. different for Jokic, but there's a lot of yeah. these young guys that are not. The one guy who is, who <laughs> always seems ready, Jason Tatum, and you can see why he's ascending. Right. He's right. the one guy in this whole 22 to 26, 27, whatever mix, um, that's consistently ascending. Donovan Mitchell, for all his work ethic, he's a great guy. But somewhere again, maybe he lacks that asshole switch that, yeah. that Harden lacks. Too much of a nice guy, maybe, and, and he gets left behind. So, he just highlights, and every decade, every generation has these players, that serve as examples of how important it is for athletes to first maintain their athleticism, Whatever right. that may be, uh, and, and be available. Uh, Stephen A's got this great quote, right? I, I don't know. I think it's his original. There, the best ability is availability. If, if that's not there, then it doesn't matter what else is there. Anthony Davis is his box. He's top five. He's he's still top five when he plays when in he the plays, game. Yeah. yeah, when he plays, the problem is that when he plays is a little too often converted to if he plays, and yeah. more often than not, he doesn't play. 
that's the same problem with mb now whether it's his fault or not is whatever that's debatable but yeah. him carl anthony towns all these young players that are supposed to be in the mvp conversation that are to be ascending and whenever they play you see how good they are yeah. and then one of them doesn't have the mental toughness to close out games and believe that he's the best guy on the court he lets uh, an upstart like anthony edwards take over another guy just tough luck sometimes this is his own doing sometimes it's not but he's never fit Uh, it just goes to show the value of conditioning and and preserving one's athleticism lebron yanis prime examples chris paul absolutely uh, with that said i think that's all on today's episode we have uh, no games today surprisingly but we'll come back tomorrow and talk about the other pair of games uh, the bucks and the celtics that series has really turned its head after turn on its head after the second game uh, the celtics with a resounding comeback and yep. the grizzlies with another resounding comeback against the warriors that is physical that is dirty that is the playoffs that we want to see but we'll celtics thing was surprising about. though wait the yeah. The, yeah. the way they came back the man in which they pummeled the bucks yep. um I, i really didn't see that coming i didn't think they had it in them now that series is is interesting to me suddenly i didn't see yep. this coming at all at not at this level uh, such an emphatic win by the way to close out speaking of stats we were talking about points per game and <clears throat> mm-hmm. um apparently luka doncic now is the number Has, one yep. all time player in playoff points per game yep which He's i don't over. know for how many decades that was jordan and before that and i'm guessing wilt had had that mm-hmm. uh, stature which is okay it's still a certain number of games played but it's a phenomenal achievement but let's see it yep. last but the bigger one that that blew my mind and i saw nick uh, nick right mentioned this both these mm-hmm. stats actually that for how many decades do we go back four five maybe six decades mm-hmm. total points rebounds assists in the playoffs mm-hmm. number one all time very predictably uh, was wilt mm-hmm. for six decades nearly now number two i think was, was jordan lebron in some order it was these guys um, just because of the sheer volume of games played and then wilt stats were always ridiculous so number one that gets to me because luka is now number 1 he's pushed all of them um to number 2 including wilt in in his averages and and points rebounds and assists that stat blows my mind it just screams mm. a player ready to take over the league where mark cuban needs to maybe shark tank his ass into their boardroom <laughs> and and get something done but they are fascinating stats yeah it's it's beautiful to watch i mean i know i mentioned that he's bit of james harden was kind but no i mean in a way when he does that isolation basketball you think of yeah. it that way but when he goes in the basket he does whatever he wants gets to his spot shoots hilarious i mean outrageous three point shoot uh, yeah. three point yeah. two point whatever whoever is on him it doesn't matter right so that is incredible to watch yeah like you said he's ready to take on the league i think mark cuban needs to get him some help asap mm-hmm. before he fades out so yep. he's still incredibly young so that's not happening soon either But uh, on that note, that's all on today's episode. You have a great day and we'll come back to talk to you tomorrow. All right, man. Cheers. Bye. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on our social media. We're at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to us, and you know you do, you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash. You want to tell us Magic Johnson is still better than Steph Curry and you don't think Steph Curry has changed the game. For all that and more, reach out to us on both Instagram and Twitter. If you love cricket, listen up. The Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast is here for you. 
Hosted by DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fan's point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us, sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IBM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure, and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>